Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 57 Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge until the destroying storms pass by. I cry to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame those who trample on me. God will send forth his steadfast love and his faithfulness. I lie down among lions that greedily devour human prey. Their teeth are spears and arrows, their tongues sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I'll sing and make melody. Awake, my soul. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness extends to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. First Samuel 25, chapter 25, verses 36 through 42. Abigail came to Nabal. He was holding a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. So she told him nothing at all until the morning light. In the morning, when the wine had gone out of Nabal, his wife told him these things, and his heart died within him. He became like a stone. About ten days later, the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord, who has judged the case of Nabal's insult to me, and has kept back his servant from evil. The Lord has returned the evil doing of Nabal upon his own head. Then David sent and wooed Abigail to make her his wife. When When David's servants came to Abigail at Carmel, they said to her, David has sent us to you to take you to him as his wife. She rose and bowed down with her face to the ground and said, Your servant is a slave to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. Abigail got up hurriedly and rode away on a donkey. Her five maids attended her. She went after the messengers of David and became his wife. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verses 39 through 46. He came out and went, as was his custom, to the, mountain, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. 
Yet not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. Uh, you'll have to excuse my um, hoarse voice. I've got um, some kind of throat bug going through the, the house. Um, this morning's reading we have Psalm 57 for the third and last time. Um, 1 Samuel 25, we get the conclusion to this story of Abigail and Nabal and David. And finally, from the Gospel of Luke, uh, the 22nd chapter, uh, right before the Passion. Before we get there, um, just the... Um, it's it's odd sometimes to see the, the second reading from the Revised Common Lectionary, which is supposed to be thematic rather than continuous. It's sometimes odd to see them carry on a story uh, during the week, but they've, they've done it this time for First Samuel 25. If you'll recall, on Monday we, um, we heard about um, David protecting Nabal's flock while they were wandering around, going in to ask for food um, so that they can celebrate a feast, probably uh, one of the holidays. Nabal gets, says, no, you know, you mean nothing to me, I don't know who this you know, who you are or anything, um, which is probably seems okay, but in the Middle East at the time, that would have been kind of insulting. Um, and a ball is described as ill-tempered and kind of cantankerous. Um, and then we also see Abigail, um, Nabal's wife, conspiring despite her husband to, uh, to respond favorably to David's request and, and do so. And David praises her, saying, um, you know, you've spared your husband's and your family's life. Um, and then she goes back, and this morning um, we see that when she gets back to her husband, he's drunk and kind of happy. Um, so clearly he had the provisions for a feast. He just didn't want to share with, um, the, with a stranger. Um, and she tells him about what happened and he's upset and then 10 days later he dies and it just I, I don't know why I saw this coming maybe it's just because the Bible is or this the, the time in which this is described is kind of predictable Abigail goes off and becomes David's wife because you know why not um, and that's the, that's the end of the tale basically and in the gospel story um, Luke 22 is um, just before Jesus' trial and uh, passion, and he, um, they all go out to the Mount of Olives to pray, and this is the, the night everything basically goes down. They've already had a supper. Um, Jesus has washed their feet, and now um, they wait, or Jesus knows that um, they just sit and wait um, for him to be arrested and tried. And as they're waiting, he goes out to pray, um, and he knows what's coming, 
His disciples don't, and so of course they fall asleep. But he prays so hard um, that his sweat became like great drops of blood. Um, and in the NRSV and a small handful of other really modern translations, you'll see that verse in brackets, verse 43, <clears throat> because it's not included um, in 43 and 44. It's not included in all the ancient manuscripts that have been found. Sometimes it goes straight from, Father, if you're willing to remove this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done, to when he got out from the prayer, he came to his disciples and found them asleep. Um, uh, but some manuscripts have this part about him praying so hard he starts to bleed. Um, and so it's it's doubtful as to whether or not that was in the earliest manuscripts because it's missing in so many. But it makes you think about prayer and what it is that you could be doing so fervently that you bleed. Um, and I remember when I was in seminary or college or something, I remember reading some medical doctor's assessment of what might happen that this could actually occur, that um, you do something so strenuous that you begin bleeding through your your pores. Um, but you know, besides being doubtful, it just kind of detracts from the point. It may just be rhetoric. It may just be that the the author is really trying to drive into your head that this is an incredibly stressful time for Jesus, but not for his disciples. Um, that he knows what's going on and he's bearing this stress all alone. Um, and you know, he, he wakes up his disciples and says, "Wait a minute! You know, why aren't you guys praying too to avoid the time of trial?" Um, they all do successfully. None of his disciples are arrested with him um, and tried or, or executed. Um, so it appears as though they don't need to pray, but that's with the benefit of, of hindsight for readers of the story rather than characters in it. Um, and uh, that, um, that loneliness, um, I think, is indicative of, or not indicative, I think that's helpful to, to see, um, especially for veterans, you know, suicide rate is so high, um, and it seems intuitive that depression and suicide include and, and flow from loneliness. Um, and I know myself and uh, the handful of veterans I've talked to about this as well, has said sometimes they feel like they know how effed up everything is or there's a sense of urgency about something. And part of what's multiplying this loneliness is that nobody else seems to care. Nobody else seems to have a sense of urgency about, you know, fill in the blank, whether it's climate change or, you know, ending the, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan or something. Um, there's, there's sometimes this inherited sense of, through combat and military service, the sense of urgency, and when it's not shared, it feels like that burden, which is very real, um, even if it's only perceived. This burden um, can weigh so heavily on so few, um, and those, the few that feel that, um, many veterans, uh, they feel 
alone because they feel like they're the only ones who are carrying the weight of the the tragedy or the urgency of what um, what they've experienced and what um, they feel called to do to make things right. Um, and it's this really um, inspiring moment to see Jesus um, capable of bearing that loneliness and that weight. Um, as readers, we may look at that and, and think how unnecessary. You know, the, the, the disciples don't have to pray because they're not, they are not tried. But that that isn't really the point. The point is that Jesus, in his night of greatest need, um, is when he experiences his greatest loneliness. Um, he has only God to to um, to support him, to to comfort him. And his disciples just seem so complacent and out of touch. Um, so much so that um, he prays so hard that um, you know his he begins to bleed. Um, through his pores, um, and if that isn't, you know, comforting words for those of us who have felt lonely in the face of such um, tragedy, lonely that our prayers that um, that maybe our prayers aren't being answered, or that we're, we're the only ones who are praying. Um, I hope that um, some of us might find comfort in in this reading. from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful God, we remember before you all poor and neglected persons whom it would be easy for us to forget. The homeless and the destitute, the old and the sick, and all who have none to care with them. Help us to heal those who are broken in body or spirit and turn their sorrow into joy. Grant this, Father, for the love of your Son, who for our sake became poor, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor Morning Prayer for Pew Pew People with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.